You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. The the instruction is given on the basis of you're to do no work, you're to have a day of rest. And the reason that is given is because God did that. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Dez. Okay, well, welcome back to Momentum. Thanks for tuning into this week's show, wherever you are. Really appreciate you doing that. And and literally, that could be wherever you're listening right now, somewhere around the world, which is pretty awesome. But uh, a reminder for our website, MomentumAustralia.org. And also a reminder too, one of our key messages at Momentum is get connected. As blokes, we, we tend to isolate. We tend to like to live in our man caves a little bit and pop our heads out occasionally to connect with other guys. But hey, just want to encourage you, particularly as we come into the busy season when life can get a little hectic, to make an intentional effort to stay connected over Christmas. I mean, family's got to take priority, absolutely, but get connected with other guys over Christmas. And look, we're connecting once again with uh, my good friend and co-host, Des, who's all the way over in Port Macquarie. How are you, my friend? No, no, I'm not, I'm not all the way over anywhere. I'm here. You're the whole way over in Perth. <laughs> I guess it's, it's a matter of perspective. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Look, it's, it's great to be with you on the show as always. Uh, guys, don't forget our Caroline. If you're doing life alone and you need a safe and confidential conversation, we just recommend that you call our Caroline, 1-800-000-MEN. Easy number to remember. It's 1-800-000-636. And that's provided by our friends at Caroline Connections and it's available seven days a week from 9am to 11pm. That's one 800 men And also don't forget our YouTube channel. How cool is this? Not only mm. can you, you hear Momentum, you actually can see Momentum as well, which is fantastic. It's good for some, not so good for others. <laughs> uh, but if you search for Momentum for Men with underscore between the words Momentum for Men on YouTube, you'll find us. We have, I think, six shows up there already and so uh, that's really really cool yeah again it's a matter of perspective Dad. So whether that's a good or a bad thing that you exactly. can see us. but either yes. way the youtube channel is there up and running for you just to connect in another way and as Dez mentioned the care line get connected with that if you if you don't feel like there's someone in your world you can have a confidential that you really feel like you need to have a uh, confidential conf- conversation that is that you need to have uh, get in touch with the care line 1-800-000-636 you know we uh, we like to talk about the tough stuff and the the topical stuff on momentum and uh, whenever we have this man on the show that's always a meaty in-depth conversation <laughs> and we're going to go straight back in and welcome back our good friend and pastor of Woodville Baptist Church here in Perth Rob Furlong welcome back to momentum mate thanks for having me back Tim g'day Des good to see you both uh, likewise, mate, and great to have you back. It's been it's been a little while, so we're, we're going to launch straight in. And look, I mean, the idea of uh, having rest over the Christmas period. I mean, some of us are like we're hanging out till the end of the year <laughs> to have a break. <laughs> uh, some of us are like, yeah, that's not going to happen just yet. And then I've got all the family and the in laws over for Christmas, so yeah, maybe the other side of the new year. But uh, we're, we're kind of talking about rest today, but under the specific heading of Sabbath. Um, which is not necessarily a word that we tend to hear a lot in today's society. And, and to be honest, sometimes in church, we don't hear the word Sabbath or observe the Sabbath a lot. So I think let's start with the definition. Um, Des, maybe you can read us through the, the definition of Sabbath from the dictionary to start with. Yeah, you know, the Sabbath is defined as the seventh day of the week observed from Friday evening to Saturday evening as a day of rest. It's observed among Christians as a day of rest and a day of worship. But most of us don't celebrate it in that sense. We celebrate the Sunday, which is, uh, I'll let Rob talk into that space. Rob, what are your thoughts about initially Sabbath and observing it? I mean, from your perspective uh, and as a pastor, uh, do you think that 
people in your church and church generically are observing Sabbath these days? No. <laughs> Simple answer. <laughs> Let's move on to the next Would you show. like to expand on that? <laughs> I will. <laughs> uh, maybe to explain that, the definition that you've given uh, is certainly the dictionary definition of Sabbath. But I think to throw in one more uh, aspect of it, the word as it occurs in scriptures, particularly in the Old Testament where it occurs a lot, mm. uh, actually means one in seven. So in the Jewish context, yes, it refers to Saturday as their day of Sabbath and day of worship. But the word actually means one in seven. And so it's not tied to a specific day in that sense as a general word. When the Ten Commandments came along, it's tied to a specific day of the week, Saturday for the Jews. As Des alluded to, for Christians, uh, we some Christians do worship on a Saturday, but uh, generally speaking, the Christian church has moved to a Sunday. We'll have a little bit about that discussion in a moment. Mm. But to go back to my first answer, the, the very blunt no, uh, is because Sabbath correctly understood in the Bible is much more than just a religious day of worship. We, we talk about the, the Ten Commandments, but from my memory, the, f- the first recollection of Sabbath is actually when God rested on the seventh day, right, in the Bible. So, I mean, you know, we kind of jokingly say, well, if it's good enough for God to rest, then, then like, hello, we should probably do the same. We should take a note out of that um, and, and do that too. As funny as it sounds, uh, uh, Tim, you're quite right. Uh, the, the, the scripture indicates to us in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2 that God entered into rest. Now, the interesting thing is when you read the Genesis count in chapter 1, each of the first six days of creation has a beginning and an end mm. uh, specifically. So at the end of it all, when God completes his work, he pronounces it as good. At the end of the six days of creation or uh, the seven, I, I, I just forgotten the exact reference at the moment, but God pronounces it is very good. But when it says that God rested on the seventh day, there's no ending to it. God has entered into his rest. Mm. That is significant. Interesting. Absolutely. And the, the, the reason why it's interesting is because when you see what occurs in Genesis 2, which is really a summary of Genesis 1, but it more specifically focuses on the creation of Adam and Eve, what you find is you've got Adam and Eve placed in a garden. Uh, Adam goes through the uh, process of naming all of the animals. You've got the instruction by God for Adam to till and cultivate the earth to care for it. The idea is that as God enters into his rest, the creation was designed for us to enter into that rest with him and for us to experience the rest of God in our work, in our leisure, in the created world, all the beautiful things that God had created. Mm. And so that's the significance of it. We were designed to enter into that Sabbath rest with God and to experience fulfillment and peace and wholeness. But was that all wrecked? In the garden? I mean, was was that idea then completely thwarted when Adam and Eve did what they did and, and now we live under this curse? Absolutely, Ron. So by the time you get to Genesis 3, which uh, many of our listeners will be familiar with, that's the account of the fall of man, the rebellion against God, mm. and the consequences of that. And what do you find? You find in those consequences 
a breakdown in relationships, breakdown within yourself. You've got a breakdown with the created world. Uh, work and toil now becomes seriously hard and difficult. Uh, you've got the issue of childbirth for women. Uh, and just that becomes a, a greater point of suffering. So that rest that we were to enter into is no longer rest because of the rebellion of mankind. And so, the, and that's the frustration that we live with today. So fast forward a few hundred years to the commandment given by God to Moses. And that whole idea of setting aside that Sabbath was to remind the Jews of the creator God, the God who made them a day of worship, but a day for them to enter into and delight in the world that he has made for them. So it becomes a reminder, if you like. And isn't it interesting? I mean, uh, when I was growing up, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, but the Sunday was we weren't allowed to do anything. You know, we we, we sat at home, we had went to church a number of times and so forth. Uh, it wasn't much of a day of rest, really. Don't hear me um, disparaging church services, but it probably wasn't a day of delight either, Des. <laughs> it was certainly not a day of delight. <laughs> That's very true. And that experience is not uncommon for a lot of Christians, either growing up in Christian homes or even some Christians today. Yeah. So the desire to have a focus on worship uh, by going to church on a Sunday, nothing wrong with that. Yes. Mm. It's the baggage that came with it. Yes. It was the stuff that you couldn't do. Yes. Because mm. that's mm. what people focus on, isn't it? That's what they, they're not allowed to do. Yeah. Yeah. And the trouble with that, Des, is that that focus, that what we would call a legalistic focus, yeah. is rooted in the Old Testament because there were a series of things you couldn't do on the Sabbath. Mm. The Pharisees had made that, they had taken that a million miles beyond that by the time you get to the New Testament. Mm. So much so to the degree that it was considered. Uh, sinful to heal a man. So remember when Jesus is confronted with a man in the synagogue and he uh, asks the question of the Pharisees, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? And he knows, and they wouldn't answer him because in their minds it was considered, if you heal him, that's work, therefore you mm. broke the commandment. Mm. And Jesus is saying, hang on a minute, you've got this all back to front. Who was the Sabbath made for, man or was man made for the Sabbath? You've mm. got it the wrong way around. Mm. And then he points out the hypocrisy because he says, you won't heal a man on the Sabbath, but you will if your donkey or your sheep falls into a pit, you'll go and rescue the animal. <laughs> so you've actually got to the ridiculous extreme of making an animal more important than a human being. Mm. It's yeah, dreadful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so you're missing the point of the Sabbath. So no wonder Sabbath, when people hear this word Sabbath, I'm sure some people who turned onto this podcast this time, wherever they're listening, have thought Sabbath, oh no, because it conjures up yeah. all sorts of negative experiences. Yeah, and, and it really is. I mean, the day of rest and it, taking time out to meditate and to you know think about God and think about what he's done for us. I mean, there's a lot of people say, you know, oh, the seventh day of the week, I'm going into the forest or into the bush or I'm going to do that and I'm going to meditate and so forth. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. It, it's not it's about all. where your focus is. The Sabbath is designed for us to take delight in God and his creation and delight in the things that we enjoy doing. Mm. And that's what it should be. And 
again, in the New Testament, we have great freedom as to when we celebrate Sabbath. Because if you look at the book of Colossians, the Apostle Paul says, you know what? One person says this day is a special day. Another person says that day is a special day. He said, the fact of the matter is that every day belongs to God. Mm. And whatever day you choose to be your Sabbath, God bless you. But Mm. don't force it on everybody else. (laughs) That's true. And that's a problem too, because you see, we've got some people who think that you must, uh, let's call it out, guys. Some people will say you can only worship God on a Saturday. That's bunk. It it completely contradicts what Paul says in the book of Colossians when he says, every day is the Lord's day, whatever Mm. day you choose. So what would you say to uh, our good friends, the Seventh-day Adventists, who, you know, still adhere to the Saturday? Uh, What would you say to those folks? I'll say this respectfully. Try and read the New Testament through new eyes. Now, in saying that, I recognize that as Christians, we're going to have differing viewpoints on stuff. If So you could put it in this context. Is I, w- I would encourage our Seventh-day Adventist friends to read Colossians and read that section where Paul talks about the days. And I would say this, if in your heart before God you sincerely believe that Saturday is the day of worship and, and, and that helps you in your Christian walk, mm. God bless you. Yeah, mm. that's good. What I will say to add to it is, though, don't force it on everybody else because now you're stepping outside the freedom we have in Christ in yeah. Scripture. And secondly, and and this is only in some extreme cases, please don't tell people that if you worship on a Sunday that ultimately that's going to become the mark of the beast. Mm. That is unscriptural. Oh. Oh, I don't think I've ever heard that. <laughs> so there is a teaching that, yeah. that floats around that says that when the Antichrist arise, arises, people will be forced to worship God on a Sunday. And if you do that, you've accepted the mark of the beast. Oh. Sorry, I might have got that mixed up. So, and so true believers during that period will only worship on a Saturday. Yeah, oh. Interesting. I mean, I've never heard that either. I'd be curious to know where that actually where that actually came from. But what we are going to do, I told you it was going to be a meaty topic. We, we've <laughs> already <laughs> come to the first... Uh, end of the first part of the show. Hang around, we've got a lot more with this with uh, Rob Phil, and we're talking about the Sabbath here on Momentum this week. We are going to take a short break and point you to our website as we do that, MomentumAustralia.org. And we're going to come back and discuss more of Sabbath with Rob Furlong in just the tick. Stay tuned. This is Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. Alrighty, welcome back to this week's show. Really good to have you tuning in to Momentum with uh, Tim and Des. And our special guest this week is the pastor of Woodvale Baptist Church here in Perth, Rob Furlong. And we said it was going to be a meaty show. We're unpacking the Sabbath in today's Momentum. And uh, a lot in the first part of the show, encourage you to go back and have a listen as we step into part two. Rob, we we want to, I suppose, explore the, the original purpose of Sabbath, right? We talked about the fact that God rested and then, of course, it appears in the Ten Commandments, but w- when you look at the original purpose of the Sabbath, w- what was that? So I think when we look at um, the Exodus account, so Exodus 20, and the commandment is in there, so let me just grab it. I've got it open here for you. Uh, and it's it's interesting because the, tw- the Ten Commandments are f- fairly short, mm-hmm. but there's a lot given to this one. So yeah. in Exodus 20, we read, Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. 
you have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock and any foreigners living among you. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Mm. So we're given, the, the instruction is given on the basis of you to do no work, you're to have a day of rest. And the reason that is given is because God did that. And we touched on that at the beginning of the program that God entered, entered into his rest. Now, I've just grabbed this and uh, the Genesis account, and this is what we read in chapter 2. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. Now, some other translations will also talk in terms of how God looked on everything and said it was very good. So at the end of each day of creation, it is good, but then he pronounces it was very good. Mm. And I take that to mean God actually delighted in what he had created. He delighted in his work. Mm. That was part of his entering into rest. And the reason I think that God has this principle of Sabbath, one in seven, is for us to delight in the world and God and the creation that he has given us. Mm. That's why we rest from work. And from a psychological, earthly perspective, irrespective of a spiritual view, having a day in seven where you actually take time out and spend quality time in nature or whatever, it's such a good principle. Mm. Absolutely. Because maybe the best way to talk about it is to give an illustration, which I'm indebted to Peter Scazzaro for, uh, which he wrote in his book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, and he was writing on the Sabbath. Uh, back in the days of the old West in the US and Canada, you know, when they were starting getting out of the frontier areas yeah. and particularly up north where you get a lot of blizzards, you're prone to blizzards. Mm. And when blizzards come in in those northern parts of the USA and Canada, we're talking about big mm. snow drifts. Mm. And so what there was a, a, a practice in those days when a blizzard hit on a farm, you could have your farmhouse and let's say the barn house might be, you know, a hundred meters from the home and a blizzard hits. And if you have to go out into the blizzard to lock the barn doors, what they would do is they would tie a rope around the farmer and it would be tied to the door handle of the farmhouse. So he would go out and close the door. Now, the reason he did that was, was because the blizzard would fall so quickly, he would not be able to find himself, find his way back to the house without the rope. That was his anchor line. That was his security. There are stories told of farmers who went out into the blizzard without tying themselves to a rope and the doorknob and dying, frozen to death, literally a metre or two from the front door of the house mm. just because they couldn't find it. Mm. What's the point of the story? The point of the story is that we all encounter blizzards in our life. We need a rope that anchors us securely so that when the blizzards hit, we're not going to die out of them. And Sabbath is one of those anchors or one of those ropes that we need. Mm. Wow, it's cool. I like that story. That's a good story. So let's put that, I mean, for people listening, Rob, I mean, obviously – 
there's a spectrum of people listening who who have different feelings and observations around a Sabbath, right? Um, we, we talked initially, it was from Friday sunset through until Saturday night. Um, some Christians think it's a Sunday, um, you know, and as we just said before, I mean, any every day is the Lord's day, so whatever works for you and your family. I mean, just let, let's try and put some meat on the bones in the last few minutes for this, for people who go, okay, maybe this is something I should be doing that I haven't. Um, you know, let's start with that. I mean, as far as a time frame, is it just what works best or should we be observing the traditional timings of Sabbath, do you think? The best way that I can explain is from my own experience, Tim, I had to get into the practice of holding a regular Sabbath uh, 16 years ago, 17 years ago after I burnt out. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I realized I needed to do was to practice a regular Sabbath, one in seven. For Karen and I, we practice, and we, we just love it. We, we practice it from um, the, the evening of Thursday night. Friday is my Sabbath. We go from evening to evening. Hmm. And so, you know, around about five o'clock is when I'm clocking off in my head. And I can tell you that by the time Thursday rolls around, and I enter into that space, I am ready to enter into it. And the beauty of it is, is I do uh, usually work the the half day, a, a morning on a Saturday. So the beauty of it is, yes, it extends into Friday, uh, but I tend not to pick up things again until Saturday morning. Mm. I have just found that that is a really good practice and principle for me. And I mean, I turn, I do not answer emails in that time. I clock off from all of that stuff. Uh, and I'm a pastor and, and and some guys there who are pastors or, but not just pastors because there's lots of busy people listening to this and you're going, I can't clock off from my emails. Yes, you can. I'll tell you something that convicted me several <laughs> years ago is how long do you think God has been running the universe? <laughs> God has been running the universe and doing it without my help for quite a long time. <laughs> yeah. He can get along with just fine without me for 24 hours. Yeah. Right. You, you can't not afford to do this. Yes. Mm. It, it is it is anti-cultural. It, it, people are saying that right now, I can't do it. Yes, you can. You Well, not even that you can. You must. Mm. It's going to be difficult, but you must because it's counter-cultural. Our culture is go, 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 go. You have to step out step out and you're actually it's one of the most radical anti-cultural things you'll ever do Mm. yeah i think that's amazing and you know and society is so bad that not only do you have emails you can get to 24 hours a day but you can get that your emails as i do and guess we all do on our phone no matter where we are and so you know to, 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 as you rightly said, Rob, to take that 24 hours and not answer emails and not answer your phone and take that time out, you know, to spend, you know, whatever you're doing is so worthwhile. Yeah. So how do you spend your 24 hours, Rob, when you do that? Just before we go to that, just a quick observation this about the anti-cultural thing. You think about Australia won the World Cup in the cricket just recently. So they won it on the Sunday, right? Fantastic mm-hmm. effort. Then they had to turn around and play three days later. They had to start a five-match T20 series, which is totally ludicrous and means nothing. This is not about the cricket. The point is, where did those guys have the opportunity to rest and Mm. enjoy and delight in their achievement? Mm. That is our culture. Yeah, exactly Mm. right. Yeah. So what do I do? Uh, We tend to take it easy. Actually, lately, like – 
Karen and I do bike riding and stuff, but just lately we've started to do that more uh, on a Friday as well. So we might go for an early morning bike ride. That sets us up well for the day. Uh, some mornings we might just sleep in a little bit longer. We take it slow. We have coffee. We uh, do a nice breakfast together. Uh, when we have the tea in the house, we have a special tea that we have on Friday that we drink with breakfast. Uh, sometimes we might go out for coffee. We might catch a movie. As a general rule, I, I love cooking. That's something that brings me great delight. Mm. Uh, pretty much nine Sabbaths out of ten, I'll be cooking on a Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Karen loves that. I, I mean, I cook through the week. We, yeah. we cook together, but Friday night, I like to do something special. Mm. Sometimes we might have friends over. We, we're not opposed to doing that, you know, having friends over for a meal on a Friday night. But really, it's, it's about what brings you delight. That's great. What mm. brings you delight. Rob, can I... Can I just expand on that for a couple of a, a couple of reasons? Um, the first is I, I've heard other people say, uh, you know, with regards to a Sabbath, and I won't name names, but um, you know, they do all of the prep and the stuff the, the the night before the Sabbath. So the the Sabbath is literally there's no cooking, there's no cleaning, there's no nothing. It's literally that. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Is that a little legalistic? Is that a little extreme? I think that comes down to personal choice. If that helps them enjoy their Sabbath. Fantastic. Just don't say that that's how you must do it. Okay. <laughs> that's sure. the difference. Yeah, that's sure. right. So so then also my other question was for you, because I know you're at a different stage in life and kids are out of the, it's just you two empty nesters, but what about people with young kids? Uh, and they go like, the Sabbath sounds awesome, <laughs> but <laughs> my kids are still with me. <laughs> I think it's a great way to teach your kids. But going back to Des's experience, don't make it something that's legalistic and, and, and you hate. So when our kids were younger, I mean, um, th there was like up until my burnout, my having a regular time out was spasmodic. But obviously when the kids were little, we would have Saturday was our dedicated day that we'd have off. And that's when we did stuff with the kids. You know, you might go to a movie as a family or you might uh, – go to the you know king's park we've got the beautiful king's park there were things that we did as a family together mm. uh you know as the kids start to get older there's some things that they want to do but it's not impossible for families no. it just has to be different it has to look different yeah mm. yeah okay so and, good. and just to throw in a spiritual aspect i mean as far as because we you know the, the idea is that we're resting from our work but you know we don't take a holiday from the lord i mean do you do you do more reading more praying do you take communion on the sabbath like is there an intentionality to perhaps rest from the other stuff but push a little deeper into that or again is that just sometimes it is that and sometimes it's not sometimes it's a bit more relaxing you can do that we uh, our practice for us is to have a coffee separately and that's when this is on a regular basis in the mornings to spend time with god so we still have that practice on a sabbath and um, but we might actually might be a little bit more relaxed about it because there's not the same time pressures. And by relaxed, I mean it might not be as long as it is sometimes. Mm. But I think probably for me, a little bit more intentionality in delighting in some of the other things that God does. I mean, it doesn't just come down to reading your Bible and praying, but delighting in the creation that God has given. So two or three weeks back, when we were going for a ride around on our Sabbath around the lake, we decided we took coffee in some thermos type mugs and we just found this, this a beautiful spot picnic cove where you can sit and look at the 
uh, Lake Judalup and the ducks and the swans and all this sort of stuff. And we just spent some time with God there separately, mm. uh, reading scripture and just, just taking in the beauty. Yeah, mm. fantastic. Yeah, that is good. I mean, I think the key is that you take time out to do mm. what God wants you to do and relax and unwind mm. and all those things. Yeah. Yeah. Rob, I know you've mentioned Peter Schizero a few times over over our chats and Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, I think, was the book that you referenced today. Um, is there anything else that you would suggest as uh, people perhaps look at or investigate or read into when it comes to this idea of Sabbath that might just give them some more perspective or, you know, put some flesh on some stuff around this? Peter's book is a good one, Peter Schizero, The uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Hmm. Uh, Gordon McDonald wrote a great book called A Resilient Life, and that covers a number of different aspects that can help us make us more resilient people. But there are Sabbath ideas there in in, in that as well uh, that are helpful. So there are a couple of books that come to mind immediately that would be good place to start. I think the value of a resilient life is that he covers a number of aspects of our lives and how we can go push a little bit deeper into the reality of life. But he's got some good things to say in there about Sabbath as well. Mm. Okay, fantastic. So good. It, it's been a great chat. It's certainly been an interesting one and uh, hopefully an eye-opening one for you as much as it has been for certainly myself and I'm speaking on behalf of Des as well. Sure. Sabbath was our topic today with our good friend and pastor of Woodville Baptist Church in Perth, Rob Furlong. Rob, as always, mate, really appreciate your time. Great topic. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Good to be with you. You've been listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum.